Hello, everybody. This is Parrish Alford with the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal, and welcome to another edition of the Justify Your Existence podcast. We're talking Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and the SEC. I'm joined by Michael Katz, our Ole Miss beat writer at the Daily Journal, and joined also by Commercial Dispatch Sports Editor Theo DeRosa, who covers Mississippi State. Guys, uh, how is everything? It's good. I'm just glad that you guys are finally back from uh, the weather delay. I thought it was still going. Mm, it did seem to take forever. Looking forward to getting out to the desert in a couple of days. I'm telling you what, yeah, I, I don't see a, a big rain delay there uh, in Tucson. Uh, but, Michael, I fear that I've become like weather delay magnet, and, and I will be in uh, Oxford uh, Saturday night. And I know you've looked at the forecast, and, you know, it's not one of those uh, – uh, flash flood kind of days, you know, 60% chance of rain, but those uh, scattered thunderstorms, man. And and if, uh, you know, if if the weather watchers uh, at the SEC and, and on campus, if they spot some lightning over there on the Iranian border or something, uh, we're, we're going to have a delay. I know it's going to be like Tulane again. What was that like a three hour? I think that was like a three hour delay too. I think we were all like eating snacks and telling campfire stories up in the press box. Yeah, it was a long delay and and probably it was longer. I tell you, I got back later from the Tulane game than I got back uh, from Starkville the other night. I got back at, I got back to Tupelo at 2.20. Now that's a little bit earlier. If I was still on the beat rider schedule, it would have been even later. Uh, I've, I've had those games uh, like at Alabama, uh, 8.30 start, and you know, the game runs long. Uh, Ole Miss runs 100 plays. We're talking back in, uh, I think this was the 2015 game. I got home at like 4 in the morning. You know, I, I got home, and 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 there was my, my night's work. I saw the product in the box there. I picked up my paper as I walked in, and, you know, uh, <laughs> it's not something, I, not something I'm proud about and don't want to do again, so maybe, uh, maybe we'll be okay with uh, – with good weather for Ole Miss and Central Arkansas. Let's start with those guys, Michael, uh, quarterbacks. And, Theo, I want you to chime in here, too, because I, I thought uh, uh, the way Mike Leach handled things, and, and he didn't really handle things differently. I don't think he got Sawyer Robertson a lot of good reps, but uh, this the offseason uh, comments that, uh, hey, there's a competition. I, I really didn't sense that there was a competition. But, uh, anyway, I'd like to hear what you uh, – have to say on that, but Michael, tell me Luke Altmeyer takes the start this week. We know that um, Jackson Dart was, you know, had some moments against uh, Troy last week, had an interception. Uh, you know, I thought the team overall just uh, seemed to take its foot off the pedal there uh, in the second half. But uh, do you like what Lane Kiffin is doing with his quarterbacks here? Do you think this is really still a competition, or is this more about uh, just uh, plausible deniability, so to speak? Uh, uh, Lane just letting uh, uh, Altmaier get in the game so, you know, he can say, I, I gave everybody a, an equal chance. So what do you think is going on here? Do you think Lane really knows who his guy is? It's really – it's interesting because there's a part of me that does, and then there's also that part of me that, you know, I'm, we're, I'm at every press conference, I see the way that – you know, they, they talk about quarterbacks and stuff. And it, it's, it, I don't know if either guy has really like blown the door off and, and made this an easy, 
an easy choice. And I think that was sort of like when Jackson Dart committed and enrolled and all that stuff, I think, and maybe that's our fault. Uh, I think we all thought it was a done deal that it was a kind of a no brainer that then I mean, this is Jackson Dart's job and, you know, the accolades and, um, you know, what he did at SC last year, but um, you know, it, it, it has, he still is a 19 year old, which is crazy to think about, you know, he's still a guy with a very few starts under his belt and, you know, Lane kind of brought up the fact that like, you know, yeah, Matt Corral was great last year, but it was his fourth year on campus. And we know what happened the first couple of years, even his third year had some really, really tough moments. Everybody talks about the Arkansas game. I think it was the LSU game was the other one where the turnovers just kind of piled on. And so, um, you know, it, it is when, when Jim Harbaugh announced that they were, he was going to start two different quarterbacks first two games. I think we were all like, wow, that's wild. You never really hear about that. Um, and then it happened at Ole Miss too. And now we're all kind of thinking, well, like, you know, may, may, maybe it is to give guys an extended shot. I mean, I know that Altmeyer, he was supposed to go in earlier in the last game, but Lane, and he, I, I think he made a good point is they were going to take him out the series um, that was supposed to be um, when the interception happened. And he didn't want Jackson Dart's last play to be a pick. You don't want it to seem like you're pulling a guy or, uh, you want to leave them with not a sour taste in their mouth. So, and that can kind of change things, but um, it, it, it's, I don't know. I, I, there is a part of me that it's really hard to not see Jackson Dart being the starting quarterback. Um, you know, it's, I mean, was he great? No, he didn't get a ton of help. Other, I mean, the running game was amazing and they did stop running the ball because they were trying to work on the passing game, but the receivers weren't, stellar the offensive line pass blocking was not great uh, I think Lane called it average something along those lines uh, you know there was a first game and it's it's you always take it you know not everybody comes out like Georgia and beats the number 11 team 49 to 3 or whatever that score was uh it's it I I, I think my thing is you know how much do you learn about Luke Altmeyer against Central Arkansas with you know, it's an FCS team and it's not like this is a, you know, they're a fine FCS team, but it's not like this is North Dakota State or, uh, you know, one of those powerhouse teams. Um, you know, if Luke Altmeyer has a great day, does that really change things? And if, you know, does Dart play significant snaps against uh, Central Arkansas too to give him a chance against, uh, you know, no offense, but like a, a lower level defense to see what they both do against the same type of thing? So it's it's interesting. It's I, I it, it's hard for me to see this going on past this game because you know you got your first road game coming up. I know it's Georgia Tech, um, but it's a road game and it's a, it is a Power Five team. I think it's hard to keep this going longer. I know Lane has said it'll go as long as it needs to, but there's a part of me that kind of thinks that you know maybe they do know and and they're just trying to give everybody a shot here, but, uh, you know, it, 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 it's lying. It can be a wild card. You never really know what's, what's going on in, in, in his head and behind closed doors, but, um, it, it's hard for me to not see it being Jackson Dart. I guess uh, if we want to find out what's going on in Lane's head, maybe we could tweet at Juice. You know, maybe that account would, would respond. Tell us a little bit. Yo, he always tweets back. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that, that's good. Uh, I think what we're seeing right now, this competition going this deep, this is the kind of competition I think that uh, 
that occurs if your transfer quarterback shows up in August. You know, this guy went through spring drills. I think he, you know, and, and then camp, I think he knows or has a good idea who his quarterback will be. I've always felt like uh, Luke Altmaier would have to be like two or three steps out in front in the competition to really give Lane something to think about. And I don't think he's been that. I do think it's been close. Uh, but, you know, that said, I think the mobility that Dart provides is is something that Lane wants in his offense. Theo, quarterback play, man, uh, was pretty good for Mississippi State uh, against Memphis last week. I thought at times, though, and it's hard to nitpick 78% completion percentage. But, I, you know, there were a couple of plays where I thought uh, uh, Will Rogers threw behind the receiver a little bit. There were a couple of completions where receivers had to adjust. You know, ball placement could have improved a little bit. But uh, all in all, a really good start uh, for Will Rogers, I think. What what did you see? Yeah, he was really good on Saturday against Memphis. Like you said, it is hard to nitpick a 78% completion percentage, 450 yards, five touchdowns. The one interception he threw, it sounded like it was miscommunication. If not, the receiver, Jameer Calvin, just running the wrong route or not finishing his route. You're right, though. I did notice a couple balls thrown behind receivers. There was another one for Calvin later in the game that could have been a touchdown if it was right on the money because the guy had a step and right over the middle of the field. And he had to adjust to the ball behind him. And I think it was an incompletion. Overall, though, Rodgers was what they needed from him. I don't think there was ever really a question that he was going to be the starter. And if he can have performances like that, I mean, he's going to be the starter going forward because Mississippi State needs that accuracy in this offense. And it might not always be perfect, but he did have some nice touch on some of those touchdown passes. The one to Caleb Ducking, the one to Rufus Harvey. Those are great passes. And if Rodgers can do that consistently, then he's going to raise the ceiling that he had from last year, which is more of, you know, short pass, get the ball out quickly, kind of quarterback. But if defenses have to respect him throwing it over the top, that's a huge step for State. Well, and he did that a couple of times uh, against State and looked good doing it and had protection. I mean, I, I didn't think that offensive line play was going to be a disaster, but I think it was it was better and, and perhaps exceeding some expectations there. Uh, Dollar Bill Johnson at, uh, at left tackle uh, had a good camp, had a good opening game. I mean, Will Rogers uh, stood back in the pocket on those – on those deep patterns. There was one where Rogers showed uh, some of that nice mobility improvement that we talked about last week when he just moved a few steps to his left and hit uh, Caleb ducking downfield and, and set up the short touchdown there. So I thought a, a very good start. Look, uh, you guys are coming from Pac-12 country. I mean, y'all understand the the powerhouse that is Arizona football and, and, and Mississippi State will be out there Saturday night slash Sunday morning with a uh, a 10 p.m. local start. Um, Theo, I, I read your beat writer exchange there with Michael Lev, and, and Michael was uh, he was he was kind of my beat writer go to a couple of years ago when Ole Miss was out there uh, for the Super Regional uh, in Tucson. So I, it was interesting to see that that name come up. Uh, he talks about an Arizona team. Now we we know the Wildcats won one game last year. But uh, he sees a team that uh, has sounds like a good bit of confidence right now, would you say? I would think so. I think when you won at 11 last year and you go out and match that win total in one week by going out and winning on the road at a San Diego State team that went 12-2 and two last year, 
I can't see how that can not give you confidence. And I'm imagining they're going to have that coming into this game. Coach Jed Fish talked about packing the stadium, getting all of Tucson to come out for the game. Stadium holds about 50,000 people, so it may not be as loud as Davis Wade, no cowbells, but I think you're going to see a pretty good crowd with some maroon and white mixed in there. And I think that can, coupled with the late start, maybe provide a pretty good home field advantage for Arizona. Now, I don't know if that'll be enough to beat State, but they've got to be pretty confident and looking forward to a big game at home this week. Yeah, I saw that stadium when I was out there for the Super Regional, like a, a nice facility. Everything was kind of compact there. You know, I think of Arizona basketball, I think of the McHale Center, and that that place looked smaller than, than I thought it it would have. Now, no cowbells. Will they be, like, waving cactuses? What's the plural? Is it cacti? I think it is cacti, but I don't know if anybody wants to wave those. You might get killed. Uh, that's, that's right. So, interesting. They do look like they're playing with uh, with more confidence. Um, but San Diego State really didn't try to pass much. 16 uh, – 16 attempts. Um, what do you make of this uh, Arizona defense and uh, going against uh, an offense that, you know, will throw it 60 times? Yeah, that's the thing. Michael Lev called San Diego State's passing line one quarter for Leach, and it's pretty accurate. 16 attempts, seven completions. Mississippi State is going to be obviously more accurate than that in terms of getting the ball completed, but it's going to throw a lot more. So it's really hard to judge that Arizona defensive performance from week one when you only have so many attempts. They were efficient, of course, against the pass and okay against the run. Obviously, Mississippi State's going to be pretty pass-dependent, although they did run more than they used to last week. I think it's hard to judge when you haven't seen a full game against that. I think they're probably susceptible to some big plays uh, through the air, and I'm sure Mississippi State's going to hit on a few. If you throw the ball 55 times a game, you're going to get a few big plays passing if Arizona can force turnovers, get a couple picks, I think that's their recipe to stopping the offense and getting back in the game, possibly winning it. So when you California kids go home, do y'all notice uh, jet lag and time change? Uh, did, is that a is that a problem? I noticed that time change when my flight from Atlanta leaves at 11.15 and it gets into Tucson at 11.56. So that's about it. Um, yeah, it's a nice 42-minute flight there. Uh, no, but – I don't know how much it really comes into effect when you're playing a football game. The team is leaving tomorrow, Friday, and in the afternoon, I believe. Leach mentioned just like getting up, getting them up later on Saturday and then going to play that game at what will be 10 p.m. here in Mississippi. I don't know how much that is really going to affect them. I'm sure they're college kids. You know, they're fine staying up late. They just did it with the delay. I know a lot is made about flying across the country. I don't know how much that's really going to affect State this weekend. Maybe in a week 12 game when they're tired, but this early on in the season, I don't know how much it'll affect things. It's going to affect me waiting for the end of that game. Yeah, I'll tell you that. Michael, uh, Ole Miss in the FCS opponent, uh, you, you mentioned that you don't know exactly what, um, you know, what we will see, how we will be able to gauge quarterback play because of the FCS opponent. I think you go into this game really kind of playing against yourself and, you know, Ole Miss needs to go one and zero against itself because they've got some cleanup to do in, in the uh, in the second half. There, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Uh, before I get to that, I would like to say that one of my top two devastating football memories is from Tucson, Arizona, uh, 2012 USC at Arizona, 
USC receiver Marquise Lee had 347 receiving yards, and USC blew a two-touchdown lead in the fourth quarter to lose to the Wildcats. Uh, I think about that game a lot still. I think about a lot of old USC devastating losses. So I'd just like to throw that out there. Uh, Tucson is uh, a house of horrors for me personally. Well, you know, I don't think they'll be waving cacti. I, I really don't. But I, I noticed in kind of like their their signage and some things around the stadium. I went uh, went walking around there uh, one of those days. Uh, seems to be bear down. Is, yep. a, is that is that a thing? And, I, and where does the bear come from? Is, Actually. Is, Go ahead. Yeah, they had a, I think, like a team captain in football who was gravely injured during a game or just maybe fell ill outside of a game. And he told his teammates before he died, like, I want you guys to bear down. Okay. So it might be weird that the Wildcats have that slogan, but I believe it comes from something like that. You can fact check me after the fact here. But okay, so, so uh, an injury and, and are you saying complications ultimately led to death? Is that kind of what you think? Maybe. I think so. Yeah. Wow. And I think it became a rallying cry for the team. But okay. this was back a while back, of course. Yeah, well, I saw Bear Down, man. It was all over the place. Bear Down, Bear Down. So, uh, now Here's a good segue. Speaking of bears, because that is Central Arkansas's uh, mascot there. Uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, if, if there's one challenge that Central Arkansas provides, well, I guess there's two. One is, like, don't get complacent against an FCS team. But two, they do have a really good running back. Um, and obviously that doesn't really mean much if you're dominating on the lines, um, you know, the running back's not going to have a ton of room. Um, but that, that is one thing that I think is, is, you know, maybe to look for. Um, but yeah, it, it really is sort of, you know, Ole Miss versus Ole Miss this week and, and fine tuning, you know, the things that maybe weren't great. I mean, if, if we're going to nitpick what you know I, I thought you know what what happened last week I thought the defense looked really good for the most part um you know in the second half some of the numbers weren't great but I think that was a pretty conservative defense they were playing and um you know it, it, it kept everything in front of them in the passing game they made plays in the backfield um, they were they were pretty good but you know the offense uh, the running the ball was I mean, they had everything they wanted, and I think they're going to get that again this week if if they want. I think they're going to get that a lot this year, uh, running the ball with that with that stable of backs. Um, but you know, I think this is a big week for for the quarterbacks to show what they can do, and for the receivers to you know maybe make a little bit more of an impression. I think Trigg was the leading receiver with like thirty three yards. Um, there wasn't anyone who was particularly impressive, and yeah, there were some there were some overthrows from Jackson Dart and. Um, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it, again, it's I know it's Georgia Tech next week and, um, you know, it's not it's the schedule is going to get a lot tougher from there. But you would like to clean up some of the things that maybe weren't great in week one this week so that you don't get that stunning upset uh, against a team that uh, has been pretty miserable the last few years. I think they've won three games each of the last three years, something like that. Um, you know, you, you just got to kind of keep getting better. And I think this is one of those weeks where, um, you know, just no major injuries and just work on the stuff that wasn't great last week and, and you should get out of there and uh, hopefully don't uh, have a three hour weather delay. That, that's my, that's, that's, that's my biggest thing. My, my greatest concern, not my biggest fear. And like I said, man, it's like if they spot lightning anywhere in the world, man, it's just uh, they'll, they'll bring it on. Uh, Georgia Tech trailed Clemson only 14 to 10 in the third quarter. 
Uh, so for a couple of quarters, they look like a team that might spring that upset if the Ole Miss team of the second half against Troy shows up. I mean, that that to me, uh, some some alert alert bells went off there. I mean, like the Rebels, I, mean, I think there's great potential, but uh, they do need to clean some things up against uh, Central Arkansas uh, this week. Uh, stable of running backs, and you did mention that the schedule will get more difficult. A state had a very good uh, defensive uh, first game for two and a half quarters, I thought. So, you know, they'll face that defense and many others in the SEC. Tell me, Michael, why an offense that could seemingly run at will when it wanted to against Troy, and I know the backs are good. I believe they're good, and they're going to be deep at that position. I think Kentrell Bullock's pretty good, and he probably didn't even get in the game. Okay, So, anyway, why can a line, an offensive line, that can help the running game be as efficient as it was, why did they struggle in pass protection? How could they be so one-dimensional? It is interesting um, because they were pretty dominant in the running game. I mean, I think it was 244 yards, something like that, on six yards a pop. And uh, they could have – I think they could have run for 350 if they wanted to. But, you know, as Lane said, when you're up 28 to 3, um, you can work – try to work on some things. And if it doesn't work, then the score of the game is probably not at stake. And so they were trying to work on some passing concept stuff. But – um, you know, if, if you look at the stats, I don't think a quarterback got sacked. Um, and but part of that is because Dart does a really nice job of moving around in the pocket and, and keeping plays alive and maneuvering and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, no, this is definitely a team that is better at run blocking as of right now, but um, I, I think part of that is, um, you know. Pass blocking, I think, is really tough. And uh, when you've got, you know, uh, they started Jaden Williams, a redshirt freshman at left tackle this past week. I'm not sure what that's going to look like going forward. The depth chart does not show that still. But, you know, the depth chart's always a coin toss on whether it's it's going to actually portray what we see on on Saturdays. Um, but, you know, it's it's guys kind of, you know, you got Nick Broker in a new spot. You got Jeremy James in a new spot. You've got a center playing center for the first time in his college career. So I, I do think there's some new people. I think run, run blocking translates pretty well, kind of like no matter where you are on the line. But I think pass blocking can be a little bit weird to adjust. And, uh, you know, again, is Central Arkansas really going to show us how much better at pass blocking they are? Probably not. I know they've got some decent pass rushers, but um, I, I don't think it's really going to matter. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, I think the run blocking is just – I think it's something that probably translates a little bit better right now for all the guys kind of at, at new spots. But, um, you know, pass blocking the SEC is is going to be tough. And when you start getting into those – you know, that Kentucky game and and – AM and Alabama, uh, they're 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 they are going to have to have, have gotten a lot better than they were against Troy. Theo, let's nitpick this Mississippi State defense a little bit. I thought they had a great start there. There was a stretch in that game where uh, into the second half where Memphis had not only not crossed the 50, it hadn't crossed its own 40. Okay. So just a really dominant start by Mississippi State. Did they take their foot off the gas a little bit? Did they become distracted because, you know, middle of the third quarter, down the stretch, Memphis figured some things out, made some plays? 
Yeah, I don't know if it was letting off the gas, reserves coming in, just kind of taking it a little easy. But you're right. You did see them kind of start losing the steam that they had in the first half where they limited Memphis to 29 total yards in the half, one first down until at least midway through the second quarter, if not the third quarter. But you're right. Then Memphis scored 20 points in the last 23 minutes and state is not happy with that performance. I know it was a 26 point game ultimately, but just having Memphis put up three touchdowns in the last 20 minutes or so of that game, that's not a good sign going forward. I also think, you know, the reserves were on the field for at least the last touchdown. And I think some of them were on the field for one of the two previously. I don't think it's a huge concern going forward. They still held Memphis to 23 and won handily on the strength of their offense, but they can't be given up the big plays like they did at will at the end of that game. So Zach Arnett, the defensive coordinator, talked to him yesterday. He seemed, he basically said for every position on the roster, they did some good things, but there were things they needed to work on. It was basically like a stock answer for every position. Because after one game, you just don't really know for sure. But you saw some good stuff, especially early on. And you saw some stuff that State is definitely going to clean up. Did Zach Arnett have anything to say about plays behind the line of scrimmage? Because to me, there weren't very many. I think maybe maybe one sack in the game, four tackles for loss. Uh, I thought State was really control the line of scrimmage, but I, I didn't see – I didn't see very much disruption uh, in the backfield. He didn't say anything about that, but I, I see what you're saying. There was only one sack, and it was on, I think, the first drive of the game with Nathan Pickering. Uh, they had a couple tackles for loss and a couple, like, you know, one- or two-yard run stops. I think that's a good sign, but I think they are going to want to make some of those big plays for loss later on. Look, guys, we got the prediction post that runs uh, every Thursday. We released that uh, – you know, earlier today. And, uh, you know, we started last week, including a, a recipe of the week. Michael, I, I know you cook a little bit. You got a recipe you want to contribute sometimes uh, as the season rolls along here. And what might that be? What's your go-to? Oh, it depends. Am I cooking for me or for a crowd? Well, you know what? Uh, this prediction post gets a lot of hits, man, a lot of traffic. So let's call it a crowd. Um. I mean, I, I've been on like, it sounds so like, I, I think I say this every fall. I've been on a health kick lately. So I've just like been eating a lot of chicken and like low carbs. And that'll end probably Saturday when all I can do is eat like carb snack foods in the press box. I had a little bit of a slip last Saturday as well. Press box will do that to you. Um, I, I'm a big fan of, of like snacks. So like, my biggest, I love like spinach artichoke dip. I will make the heck out of that. That's, that's a, that's a crowd pleaser. Um, I make really good wings. I think I make the best wings in Oxford. Um, I, I will not trademark that or uh, I don't, I don't expect to be on Oxford's best, but I'm biased and I think I make great wings. Um, I, I make a little of everything. If, 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 uh, if it's a crowd I really like, we'll have tri-tip. Um, but I got to really like that crowd because that's not cheap these days. No, it's not, and I and I hope you like us. And and if you're going to brag on your wings, I, I don't do wings, but uh, I get a lot of good reviews uh, for the smoked chicken uh, that I do, and and it's a uh, it's a crowd pleaser. When when your family asks for it, like, hey, when are we doing that again? You know, that's that's a that's a good indication. Theo, jump in here, man. Are are you a cooker? Uh, more of a baker, which is okay. problematic for my own health, but I think. <laughs> 
I've got some recipes for cookies. It'll be great. Uh, if you guys want to eat a bunch of sugar, which I'm trying not to do as much this fall, like you said, it's tough in the press box because they had like banana pudding at state. They had ice cream, you know, at halftime. And I was like, well, I got to be here. I'm here for two hours and it's 85 degrees and 90% humidity. I'm going to have me some ice cream. So that great, but, uh, got some recipes for the few weeks. We'll have to get up there. Yeah. I don't always do the hot dog and the ice cream at, uh, at halftime at state. I'm glad it's there. Uh, sometimes I'll just drop that hot dog in the bag because, you know, there's always the, the, the drive home, but, uh, the weather delay, man, changes things. And it was odd. It was odd weather delay because, uh, as is often the case, uh, as I've been involved in these, you get, you get near, near the end and then you see, boom, another lightning strike. And, and, uh, and of course, a lot of people left, but a lot of people stayed, a lot of students stayed. And, and they were in the end zone cheering the lightning strikes like, hey, there's another, and, and ringing the bells uh, for the lightning strikes. And, and uh, as you pointed out, and I saw it too, it seemed like there came a time where they said, okay, we're just going to pretend that we didn't see that lightning strike and we're, we're going to start this game again. So, man, I, I hope that, uh, that we can avoid that uh, in Oxford uh, Saturday night. But, uh, folks, that will wrap us up for this edition of Justify Your Existence podcast covering Ole Miss Mississippi State and the SEC. For Michael Katz and Theo DeRosa, I am Parrish Alford. We thank you for being with us. Come back and join us next week.